My guest today is managing editor Michael McWhorter. My name is Charlie Hall, in for Justin McElroy. You're listening to Polygon's Quality Control. So, Michael, you had the opportunity to review Injustice 2 from NetherRealm Studios. I, for my part, actually went out and visited NetherRealm Studios in the lead-up to uh, the release of the game. So here on the podcast today, we've got two folks very informed about the game, which you absolutely loved. I was a big fan of Injustice 2 and uh, didn't really expect to that much, even though I have played and, and reviewed quite a few NetherRealm games in the past. Uh, and even in the first couple hours of playing Injustice 2, uh, I was a little unconvinced, you know. Uh, but but by the end of it, I was like, wow, this is a pretty amazing little game. Now, the, the part that they let us touch hands-on preview when I was out there at the studio, uh, I believe late last year, uh, was the campaign. That That's the biggest piece that we got to get our hands on, is the start of that campaign. And in your review, you said that Injustice 2's single-player campaign is such a noticeable leap forward in terms of quality that seeing the story through to its end is easily the game's biggest draw. Tell me more about this single-player campaign. Okay, well, let's let's dive uh, back a little bit into history here. Uh, before NetherRealm was actually NetherRealm, and they started, uh, they were working at Midway, and uh, they had access to the DC license and made a DC Universe versus Mortal Kombat fighting game. Uh, they introduced a, a pretty good story mode in that game um, that they've been pretty steadily building upon over the course of their kind of alternating DC fighting games and the Mortal Kombat series. Uh, and they've done a pretty good job of... of giving you uh, enough narrative reason to fight each other in their story modes. And, and this is really where NetherRealm stands out among pretty much every other fighting game developer. Uh, you know, they've got the whole kind of like competitive tournament thing down pretty well, but I think where a lot of people recognize NetherRealm strengths is their uh, campaigns, their story-driven narrative single-player stuff. And it is, you know, Injustice 2 really just looks so much better uh, in terms of the, the cutscenes and, and the writing and the uh, and just like the dialogue, the, 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 the backgrounds, the, the lighting, all of it just looks so, like leaps and bounds better than any other NetherRealm fighting game. And, uh, you know, even when Injustice 2 was first being shown and they showed a couple teasers of, of characters... People kind of dogged him a little bit for some of the presentation and just the way that some of the faces and animation looked. Uh, but the end product, Charlie, uh, I don't know if you've gotten a chance to see it yourself, but it really looks spectacular. It does. It absolutely does. That final they, they talk about those final level layers of polish that they put on a game right before they ship it. And this thing, like, mm, it just it got amped up at the last minute. They really did. And like uh, you know, I, 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 this is something I wish I'd kind of uh, called out separately, but I'm glad we're getting a chance to do it now is just the facial animation uh, on that game is just spectacular. Uh, character faces look really lifelike in that game. You know, I think there's always been that kind of, you you know, when you think about a video game character, especially a male video game character, 
we all kind of have a similar look, right? You know, there's that famous image of, of uh, you know, white male, brown haired, scruffy looking protagonists in video games. And, they, you know, there's this grid where they all kind of look almost exactly the same. Uh, but in Injustice 2, you know, there are about a bunch of characters who are who deviate from that. Um, you know, there's there's Superman, who's who's kind of just, you know, your generic square jaw, uh, chiseled white guy. Um, but then, you you know, you get some other characters that look pretty different, like, you know, Oliver Queen, Green Arrow. You know, he looks like a very different looking fella. And the same with Dr. Fate. Um, and then you've just got some actual variety in, in the women's faces this time around. Uh, and then you've got a couple characters who are not just straight up white guys. You know, you've got Firestorm and Blue Beetle, and and they uh, they all look good. Uh, they all animate well. And and one of the things that's always creeped me out about video games is is teeth. <laughs> I hate the way that teeth look in ninety nine percent of video games. But man, the teeth in Injustice Two, those are some. The dentistry in the DC universe is just spectacular. Uh, but no, it's like there are a lot of really nice little details in terms of costumes, in terms of, of background and animation. Um, and, and not to, you know, I, I think we should highlight the, the cinematic story mode uh, because it deserves kudos. But, um, you know, there's, there's more to it than just that. Well, and, and when I was there at the studio late last year, they took us around to all of the hot spots that you usually get on a studio tour, like here's our online team and here's our engineering mm -hmm. team and blah, blah, blah. But then they took us into this back corner, hidden in this closet, and they opened the door, and it was this blinding white light in the room. And it looked like like a Dexter clean room, like you were going to okay. murder somebody in there, but you pull oh, back right. the plastic screen, and there must have been 40 high-end digital Canon SLR cameras on mm. this custom-made rigging. And they would sit the actor in the middle of it, and they would do all the facial capture right there in-house. They did all mm. of it themselves. It's a custom-built, unique system that one of their new hires built for them from scratch. And, man, it did, it did really well. Well, it, I guess that tech is working for them because uh, a, a lot of the, the visuals look really spectacular in that game. Uh, and uh, I, I will say, and I just want to also, you know, go back and commend the writing one more time. Um, you know, they're always uh, throughout these games setting up excuses for people to fight each other, uh, but it, uh, very little of it feels too forced in Injustice Two. Uh, and I, I got to say, I'm actually kind of interested in the story mode of the game. I don't know if you read our feature, but we had a a freelancer uh, write us kind of a synopsis of the story of the Injustice universe so far. And it's a wild ride, man. It definitely uh, is. <laughs> and the, and it pays off in uh, Injustice 2, which is actually a, a fairly straightforward story, uh, but a pretty good comic book story. Um, so, yeah, I highly recommend that if you, if you get a chance, um, just play through the thing. And I think it only takes about five or six hours to get through through the main story. And uh, the, one of the things that's neat is they, they do this... Um, during some chapters, like with uh, Black Canary and, and Green Arrow, uh, and later with, I think, Blue Beetle and Firestorm, is that you kind of have an option to to decide who you want to play as. Uh, you know, a fight will kick off, a confrontation will start, and you'll say, hey, do you want to do you want to do this fight as Firestorm or Blue Beetle? Uh, and I would say that the transitions for those choices are actually really elegant. Like, they're really nice. They like the other character just kind of goes off and, and does his or her own thing. And uh, 
you know, it's just a really, really nice setup. Uh, boy, that's just... I want to go play it again when <laughs> I talk about this, Charlie. Now, one of the things that was new and unique to this game, um, among fighting games generally as well, was mm. this uh, gear system. And, yeah. and I want to hear about your experience with the gear system. It was very controversial during my visits. Uh, uh, there was a, there were a couple of YouTubers there, a couple of you know, quote unquote influencers there that had a big chip on their shoulder about this gear system. So, how does it play out in the final product? Okay, so uh, the gear system manifests itself in the form of loot boxes that you can earn as you play the game and earn experience or do kind of uh, certain challenges. Uh, you know, I played through the game and I, I wasn't keeping uh, exact notes, but I think I probably earned somewhere between 30 and 40 loot boxes just by playing through the story mode. Um, so that's well over 100 bits of stuff, probably. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so those loot boxes come in um, like five tiers of rarity, uh, you know, like bronze, silver, gold, platinum, diamond, I think they are. And as you open those loot boxes, uh, based on the, the rarity of the box, you, you know, you'll, you'll get some better or worse gear. Uh, and gear is, uh, is stuff like armor for Batman or boots for Supergirl or... Uh, you know, hair for uh, hair or a headpiece for Harley Quinn, and all of those individual pieces of gear, uh, they come with their own attributes, and they modify uh, each character's like strength and their defense and the uh, the impact of their uh, specific abilities. Um, and so you can kind of swap those out and kind of customize it to to your play style in some ways. Um, now, as you level up, you'll get access to, to better gear. And when you reach level 20, I think you, you kind of cap out. Um, you know, I didn't dive into the, the math. I didn't put together a spreadsheet and say, like, okay, well, what are, what are the max capabilities of, of gear set X for character Y? Um, you know, the community, as they dive deeper into... Uh, gear and you know the mechanics of the of of characters and the balance they they may may find that some of this gear is a little unbalanced but um, you know in, in in my initial take on it 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 seemed okay it seemed like it's gonna it's not gonna be the potential end all uh, apocalyptic uh, balance crushing uh, doom and gloom that some people might think it is I, I think it's just gonna kind of like people are gonna uh, adapt to it and find the the gear that works for them. Uh, from my perspective, really, all I did was I just whenever I saw a better piece of gear, I put it on. <laughs> <laughs> and if I found a piece of gear that I thought looked particularly cool, I chose that one instead. Uh, and it's a really neat way to just kind of like visually customize your characters. So you you know your Flash or your Doctor Fate could look very different from someone else's, um, and. It's also just kind of an opportunity to kind of uh, kind of play dress up with your characters and kind of like adapt these heroes and, and modify their look to maybe the way that you remember them from the comic books or the cartoons. Um, so I think, you know, I wouldn't take it too seriously. I'm sure that the people who are hardcore fighting game community folks, they're going to probably growls and grumble about some of this stuff. But, you know, NetherRealm has done a very good job of, of reacting to, I think, imbalance um, they push out updates pretty regularly. So I think if there's any concerns there, they're, they're going to address it. But 
there's so much stuff in the game, so many things to unlock, uh, that I, I, I have a hard time believing that people are going to find too much issue with it. That said, you can turn those things off. If you want to play a ranked match and, and do it without the gear system and just rely on the, the game's regular fighting game mechanics and balance, you can do that. Now, I've got a couple more questions about that online mode and also about the gear. But first, a quick word from our sponsors at The Art of Shaving. If you've been listening to Polygon's quality control over the last couple of months, you'll obviously know that we are very proud to have a new sponsor named The Art of Shaving. And now I've made the change from my regular brand over to The Art of Shaving products, and I don't think I'm going to be going back. But did you know that they also have fragrances? They got a little sandalwood and cypress going on. They got something called Oud Suede, O-U-D Suede. Uh, the one that I use is called Vetiver Citron, V-E-T-I-V-E-R. Don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but it smells great. The wife loves it. There's a green lavender as well. Each of these colognes has been carefully assembled for a distinctive scent. Now, our listeners are going to receive 15% off their first order from the Art of Shaving, and they're going to get free shipping by using the promo code QUALITY. To get this offer, you're going to go online to theartofshaving.com. You're going to use our special promo code QUALITY. Visit theartofshaving.com for this special offer, or for a consultation with a grooming expert, go ahead and step into one of their many retail locations. I'm sure you'll find one near you. Michael, in Injustice 2, one of the things that jumped out at me about the gear system was that you could actually pick up uh, alternate moves and alternate attacks. You mentioned that the gear itself didn't really, in your opinion sway the the multiplayer aspect of it too heavily that the audience might find that there's some pieces that are that are overbalanced but but what did you think of the different moves and the different attacks and, and special things that you were able to pick up in the gear yeah that is a good point yeah you can basically unlock character abilities um and this is basically like one specific ability so each character has kind of a a special move that that's unique to them right it's like you know supergirl can fire um, beams from her eyes. Uh, Batman can call in little uh, bat drones. Um, but, you know, you can also modify those and kind of swap those out with alternate versions of that. But, you know, this is basically one move in an arsenal of dozens. Uh, you know, Netherrealm has done, a, I think, a pretty admirable job of giving players counters to everything. Um, so you can, you know, you have a, a meter that you can burn to... Uh, modify special moves. You can use it for uh, escape dodge rolls, or you can use it for big ultimate attacks, um, or you can use it for as part of the the clash system, which basically is a way to uh, wager your uh, super meter against someone else's in in an uh, in an opportunity to uh, you know damage your opponent and earn back some health. Um, but yeah, the abilities thing is, I think, just one more way to kind of customize your character. It doesn't seem to be an overpowered aspect of the fighting game system in Injustice 2, uh, but it is just another way to kind of customize your fighter and, and tailor uh, her or him or it to your play style. Uh, so it's, I think it's just one more neat little feature. I didn't, I didn't find too many of those character abilities in my loot boxes. I was unlocking mainly gear. Uh, though, though I, I did get I did get a few over the course of, of my time uh, during the review, and I'm I'm planning on going back and, and playing some more of the game uh, to earn some more of that stuff. But yeah, I think it's a really interesting component. But again, I'm going to leave that up to the fighting game experts to kind of suss out. 
How were the online modes? You mentioned one of the important things that came up during my visit, that there is uh, with gear and without gear online modes, like a competitive and more of a, a less competitive with the gear. Uh, but, but how was the function and the, the fit and the finish of the online experience? You know, at launch, it was actually pretty good. And um, NetherRealm has in the past had a, few, had a few bumps on the road to getting their, their fighting games online. Um, however, I think that they've, they've really put the effort in uh, to make sure that Injustice 2 actually worked really well at launch. You know, even on launch day, when you're going to get just a crush of people on those servers, I found matches really quickly. Um, and when I was dropped out of a match or somebody canceled a match, you know, they just thrust me right back in there. I think they've really figured out the, the most efficient way to get you in and out of an online fight these days. Um, that said, you know, I, I played uh, a, a couple dozen online matches and, you know, I, I had some lag here or there. But, Charlie, you know, I wasn't in a, I wasn't in a networked clean room. I was in an apartment building in New York City. Um, where I was fighting with uh, 30 other Wi-Fi signals. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I can't say that I, I was doing a, a technical test that, that, uh, that people should, you know, base their opinions on whether the online functions well. But uh, in my experience, the people who have played it have had, a, you know, a pretty good experience playing the game. Um, I think part of that is that, that NetherRealm seems to have invested uh, in in building out its uh, online infrastructure. And also, right now, they're focusing just on Xbox One and PlayStation 4 versions of the game. They don't have a PC version of Injustice 2. Um, so I think that they're, you know, I, I think that they've, they've got it sorted out there. Uh, in terms of modes, though, I, I do want to give them uh, some props here. They, uh, you know, they do have uh, online ranked and unranked uh, fights. Um, What's nice is when you are matched up with someone else, you can kind of see what their, you can quickly see what their record is, what your odds of winning that fight are. Oh, really? Based on, yeah, based on uh, NetherRealm's own uh, internal algorithm there. Um, and, you know, there were, there were times when I was uh, matched up with someone who, you know, it, it said that I had, you know, a 90% chance of winning the fight or, you know, a 20% chance. And occasionally people would bail. I think if the odds were... Uh, clearly presented not in their favor um but you know against me as someone who's not that great at fighting games uh i that didn't happen to me too much um but it's you know i think they've, they've done a great job there uh they've also got a bunch of other modes um i don't know if you wanted to talk about that but they've got uh some interesting stuff that's tied into online but it's not necessarily one-on-one -on -one online multiplayer um now lay it on me let's talk about it okay they've got this this thing called multiverse um, oh, yes. I, we didn't get to experience much of this during the, the preview. Tell me more about this. Okay, yeah. So this is... If you've played a, any of their Mortal Kombat games where they've got kind of the living towers, um, these are kind of like the daily, weekly, hourly challenges that they'll throw at you. So basically, it you know uh, connects to a server, downloads what the latest challenges are, and throws you into a, you know, kind of a tower or a, you know, what is this? Basically a sequence of fights. And uh, they call this, uh, in, in Injustice 2, they call this the multiverse. And if you uh, are a comic book aficionado, or, you know, I guess you don't have to be an aficionado at this point to know that uh, comic book uh, companies like Marvel and DC, they have a bunch of alternate universes, right? Um, so in uh, Injustice 2, uh, you basically 
you're basically monitoring other universes in the the greater DC multiverse. And uh, the game presents you with threats from other universes. And this really kind of ties back into the gear system uh, where you'll be presented with these alternate universe flashes or dark sides or brainiacs uh, who look very different just based on the fact that there's the basically like randomized gear or randomized color schemes. Uh, but then there are also uh, environmental uh, aspects to these universes. So like, you know, this other universe may have a, a lightning storm happening in it, or you'll be, you know, uh, they'll be throwing health at you over the course of the fight. So these are things that, that people who play Mortal Kombat have, have experienced in the living towers with these kind of like weird environmental attributes to fights while also fighting, uh, you know, alternate universe characters. It, it, it's pretty neat. And it's, it's one of those reasons, one of those components of the game is just like, let's just see what they're doing today. Let's see what wacky thing they've come up with for multiverse. And uh, I'll work my way through some of these fights with different fight conditions. And at the end of it, I'll get some more loot boxes. Uh, so this is just like, after you're done with the single player mode of the game, and maybe you don't feel like going up against a bunch of kids online who are way better than you, Check out the multiverse stuff. It's it's a, a reason to revisit the game. Um, and it's a lot of fun. That's awesome. What a great way to keep it fresh. Based on uh, the, the text of your review, our editor is elected to get this game A9. That's a great score for a fighting game. Um, and, you know, I'm, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to kind of go through your thoughts and, and feelings on the game with our listeners today, Michael. Sure. It was my pleasure, Charlie. Thank you. And thanks to you at home for listening today. We've got a lot more on Polygon.com. I apologize for my voice this week. I'm a little under the weather after my trip to Los Angeles. But you guys are the big winners. I had a first-hand preview of the upcoming Far Cry 5, which is going to bring the series home to the United States for the first time. That's right. It's set in Montana. My thoughts and feelings are going to go up on the site Friday morning, and I think you're going to want to check them out. Until we've got another game to talk about, this is Charlie Hall for Michael McWhorter. Thank you for listening to Polygons. Quality control. Quality control.